Hello and welcome to LGBTFC. Zaytuna, it's episode six. Number six. We're keep on going. This is awesome. I can't believe it. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I mean, we started this two months ago and we're still we're still doing it. We're still doing it. It was just a few <laughs> months ago when you messaged me on WhatsApp and we're like, hey, right. let's do this podcast thing. And uh, here we are. We're famous now. We are we are we famous now? Is that no. is that what happened? Okay. <laughs> you know why we're not famous? <laughs> because not enough of you are telling your friends That's about right. this podcast. So you need to spread the word and tell all your friends to subscribe and share and like and review and everything. This is your mission this week, folks. Don't upset Zaytuna. My goodness. Yeah. Just I want to quit. I want to quit my day job. Hot, right so. to start. <laughs> well, Zaytuna, we always kick off our show with our pronouns and our and how we identify. Sure. So my name's Luke. I identify as male. My pronouns are he, him, and I am, as we've established firmly on this show oh now, as gay as they get. As gay as they get. I'm a straight, I'm a, I'm a straight up gay. Platinum straight up gay. My name is Zaytuna. My pronouns are she, her. I am a bisexual trans woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm as in the middle as it can get. And we have a special guest here, someone who was supposed to be on the show in the beginning <laughs> of the show, but then had other commitments. Look what the cat dragged in. Look what the in. cat dragged in. But but we're not gonna we're not gonna give her too much guff because she does handle our social media. She does. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Melissa Sanchez and my pronouns are she, her, and I de- identify, I'm sorry, as queer. And I'm glad that we're under an umbrella because I feel a lot of shade coming. Oh. No, so. <laughs> we love you. We're so happy to have you. Melissa came and picked up my Angel City scarves for me at the last game because I haven't been able to go and I finally got them. So no. We're, we're so glad to have you. It's been a kind of a long time coming, though. Yes, it You're, has. Um, I'm glad to be here. It's been a very busy summer for me just because of grad school, work, and I already get enough from the Pride Republic members because I ne- could never make it to events. So I made it a mission to send them my fall schedule so they can't tell me, where are you? Because they know I have class. So um, I'm very grateful to be here, and I'm glad to still be part of the team even though I can't be you know, throwing it up with you guys every week because I do love the podcast and I do listen every week. Regard, I'm not being biased. It's really good. I well, like the and, conversational. And, and you've been rocking out our social media. Yeah, we honestly, that's like a job I, I like would not want to do. So I'm at it. so grateful that we have you <laughs> as a part of the team. Uh, thank you so much. I try to do my best with the social media. I'm on it all the time regardless. So I figured it's something that's going to be easy for me, but it can be challenging because... You know, things could be repetitive, especially when you're following the same amount of people. You see the same post over and over. Like, sure. I get it. We won five zero. Like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do want to. Sometimes you do want to revel in that, though. And we're going to get to hear more from you in a little bit when we interview you for the show. But to start off, we just sort of want to offer a little bit of just sort of like what's been going on. Oh, it's good times, baby. It's good times for the Los Angeles Football Club. They have it. They are on a historic six win streak. Historic. They've never won six in a row. Of course, now, to be fair, this is only their fifth season. But even in their record breaking 2019 
a supporter shield uh, campaign, they they only had five in a row at the max. So this is pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, it started with the July eighth game against Carson Galaxy, and it has three wins on the road. Yeah. Pretty impressive. We still have a few big tests coming up. I we think. do. Um, for that, sure. Particularly that game at Q two in Austin. Yep. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be a bloodbath. I can't wait for it. I wish I was going. I will say that the the Austin FC match from a couple nights ago, I was so frustrated seeing how it turned out because it wanted a little more space between us and them. But looking at the highlights, my goodness, that stadium just blew the roof off. And yeah. for good reason. That good good on them for sticking in there and fighting through it and coming back with the victory. Yeah. I mean, if we win tomorrow, we'll we'll have nine points on them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, oh, do people don't know what day it is. We should probably <laughs> tell them. If we win if we win versus DC United, which we are recording this on Monday, but depending on how quickly Luke can turn around the editing on this, that will probably be not until sometime Tuesday, I'm going to guess afternoon before I can actually mm-hmm. get this posted. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You're oh, very speedy. I try to be. I appreciate it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> like you two do all the legwork in this yeah, the Zayden rolls up and is like, I'm so good. <laughs> I just come in here. She just shows up and shows out. <laughs> I just, I'm like, hey, what's up? And so, then, yeah, you're doing all the editing. You're doing all the social media. What do I do? I don't really do I think anything. we should start giving her flyers so she can hand out to people to listen to <laughs> the start, podcast. Start canvassing. we got to put you to work, Zayden. <laughs> Seriously. So in addition to all of that, the historic winning streak so far for, for LAFC, we did want to just offer a couple updates from our last episode where we had a fair amount of conversation about the League's Cup and the and the uh-huh. homophobic P chant, which actually, as it turns out, just a couple days after we posted that episode, that chant made a reappearance at the MLS All-Star Game, mm-hmm. where apparently they had to put a big sign up at the stadium at, at some point to a PA announcement saying, please you know, knock it off, don't do that. But, you know, I think it's just frustrating for me at least personally that there's been nothing from mls from liga amekis from leagues cup from the teams like there's been no acknowledgement this is even happening yeah it's going to continue to happen as long as there is no accountability for this sort of thing from the top of these organizations it's very frustrating and very disheartening i mean we spent almost our entire episode last week going on about this. Um, if you didn't listen last week, go check out that episode. Um, it's we called re- Getting Salty. It's called Getting Salty. But we really, really go in depth to, about the P chant and stuff like that. It's like you said last time too, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that nothing has been done or even said about this. Um, that there are empty threats about stopping games doesn't really happen. Right. I mean, it's just going to keep going unless there are consequences and it doesn't seem like MLS or Liga MX or anything has like the uh, the stones to do it. As far as I'm concerned, they've still got a little time to figure this out before we have that big tournament next summer, but the clock is ticking. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, we, we got to figure this out. And if they don't, I mean, that's basically as clear an acknowledgement as any that they simply just don't care. But we'll see. I want to also note that we have been recording these episodes typically every other week, mm-hmm. not tied to any particular schedule of the of the team's calendars or anything, but just sort of what works best for for the two of us, Zaytuna, to, to do this. But we're actually doing this one just one week after our last episode. And the reason for that is actually that someone's I, going on a little vacation i'm going on a little vacation y'all i'm, I'm sorry i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. it is gonna be the first time that my husband and i my boo and i are getting out of town for a period of time we're gonna go catch a couple english premier league matches who are you in seeing? london 
We're going to see Tottenham versus Wolves and Fun. West Ham United oh, versus... <laughs> that's right. That's right. And West Ham United versus Brighton Hove Albion. Oh. It also turns out apparently there's a big strike of, of all the rail and tube workers all weekend. So we'll be... We'll be I don't so know, you better not be crossing any picket lines oh, and using no, absolutely not using public no public transportation while you're there. <sighs> it's going to be rough. Got to walk or rough. take cabs. We'll figure it out. But which I, I know is really antithetical to like is. your to that your ethos. Not my here. ethos whatsoever. But I, you know you got can't can't cross a picket line. We no, got to got to stand no. for our brothers and sisters. You know, fighting uh, the workers, all power to the workers. And in the meantime, I am hoping that we I get a chance to meet some of the LGBT supporters of mm-hmm. those teams when we're out there. We'll see. And maybe I'll even have a couple interviews. I don't want to promise anything I can't deliver, yeah. but maybe we'll have a few interviews to provide in a future show. But Just go to like a gay sports bar. You'll find some, uh, some strays. <laughs> some randos. <laughs> some randos. Uh, the Tottenham match might be, that one sounds like it'll be pretty fun. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. We, we kind of splurged on that one so that we can get some good seats and Oh, good to just rock it out and enjoy it. So we'll see how it goes. That is our just quick check-in to welcome everyone to the show. We'll be right back with our Day in Gay. And we're back with our Day in Gay. Yeah, so we got a lot of things to cover here from around the world. Uh, Not all are going to be soccer-related, but they are gay-related and sports-related for the most part. So, in England, across the pond, the Rugby Football Union has approved a policy that says only women with a a female assigned at birth are able to participate. The governing body's vote on the policy was 33 in favor, 26 opposed pose and two abstentions last year world rugby banned transgender women from playing in women's leagues citing quote safety concerns and the uk rugby football union is following suit it is quite disappointing yet unsurprising yeah it's it's hard to even know where to start with this because it sort of plays into this constant presumption that somehow if someone was born male at birth that they have an inherent advantage over well, someone born female. Here's the thing that's the most ridiculous about it because there I mean there's so many aspects like I'm not even going to get into like the biology of this and like all of the you know the differences that hormones make or the fact that there are like we talked about in a previous episode cis women with higher testosterone right. levels than even some men have and things like that. We're not going to I'm not even going to get into this. Let's think about on its face how absolutely ridiculous it is to think that a man a cis man who is an athlete which we all know almost every sport across the board has machismo and toxic masculine qualities to it that this person who is competing at a level in male sports is going to decide to pretend to be a woman right right (laughs) To go through medical transition, social transition, face ostracization and violence and all this stuff to compete in leagues that no one cares about. People don't care about women's sports to begin with. That's the thing that's that's, it's like you're going to go through all of these hoops and everything like that to go and play in leagues that are like for what like everyone's like oh they're they're taking a focus away from women and doing all this and that and it's like it, you know they just they just want to compete in a level where they'll be able to be the best well which is not even true in the first place but it's like what much like 
what male athlete would do that? Like, why? Why? Like, why would they? There's just no, there's nothing to be gained. There, people look down on women's sports, which is just horrible. But like, that's the reality. That's like the idea that like a D League basketball player would fake transition to go play in the WNBA. Like, that's just insane. That's a mic drop, Zaytuna. <laughs> I really appreciate your just putting it in such clear perspective for our audience. I, I truly, because I, you know, I, it's one of these things where when people sort of see this in isolation, it's sometimes hard to sort of pull back out and see the bigger picture yeah. of what what that what the implications are of a particular decision. Yeah, and it's just like putting it under safety concerns and all this stuff is. It's just like they don't care. They don't care about the safety of these players or anything like that. It's not about that at all. It's very clear what it's about. Super frustrating and also very unsurprising that this is like in the UK, to be honest, because the UK has like a really big problem with like trans women in particular. Oh. Oh, it's a thing. Turf Island. Oh. Do you know what turf means? I should know that term. Trans exclusionary radical feminist. Oh, it's like a thing. And like England, you know, like look at like the J.K. Rowling stuff. Ah, J.K. Rowling. Do you not know about J.K. Rowling? Oh, I know stuff? about J.K. Rowling. Okay, stuff. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Okay. Just make I mean, sure. I, I live under a rock, but it's not that big a rock. Well, you know, I mean, like, you know, we're all in, in the umbrella, but sometimes the umbrella covers different parts for everyone. So we, we focus on different areas. I appreciate you struggle. defining turf for our audience, though. Oh, yeah. Trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah. Turfs. They don't like being called that. They say it's a slur. Which oh. just makes me want to say it more. <laughs> anyway, so our so so closing out that story, moving on to our next story in the day and gate, something that's actually made a lot of national news, I think, for a little while now, is Brittany Griner is a is a women's basketball star who played, I believe, for Baylor University. Mm-hmm. Was a huge star there. Was arrested and now has been charged in Russia for possession of cannabis sentenced to nine years in prison i think you know it's it's really hard to sort of unpack the layers of stuff happening in this particular story yeah because there is so many things that just sort of layer onto each other she was arrested right after russia invaded ukraine and somehow you know was found to be you know in 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 violation of their laws around this stuff but just the fact that she had to play in russia play basketball in russia because oh by the way women don't get paid they don't get paid hardly nearly anything to play basketball here in the united states you know she's an out lesbian married to a woman playing in a country where she's trying to earn a decent living in a country where she is not able to be herself be who she is and now she's sentenced to nine years in prison it's just there's so many different parts of this which are just incredibly frustrating. I really appreciate seeing the amount of attention that especially women athletes have bringing to this, but I think it's really important for us to call it out because of the way it does intersect with the LGBT community as well. I think it's it's impossible to not acknowledge how that is playing a role in her detention and sort of, I think in some ways, maybe even not enough media focus on mm-hmm. what's going on here. I kind of think if she was a straight white guy, white male athlete who had been arrested in Russia, maybe there'd be a little bit more media and a little more attention around yeah. this. Jordan Peterson went into a Xanax-induced coma in Russia and he didn't get arrested. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's also worth noting too that it's not that just she's. It's a nine-year sentence, uh, a prison sentence. It's in a place that is extremely homophobic. Yeah, and dangerous for her. 
So, Very dangerous. We're, we're, you know, here's hoping that you know, there's been some talk about some diplomatic channels to try and do some sort of swap with some Russian prisoner here on U.S. soil for her and for someone else in Russia. We'll see. I mean, Russia isn't exactly a decent player at this point on international diplomatic diplomatic issues. No. So hard to say what will come of this. But Brittany, if you, you know, for your family, for your friends, you know, we're, we're rooting for you and whatever we can be doing to support Brittany, we should really be mindful of that and, and keep a lookout for how we can be allies to the effort to bring her back to the United States. Yeah. So back here, uh, stateside, as they say, a recent story out of North Carolina in the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, where NC Courage, uh, North Carolina Courage, had their official Pride Night, and it had all sorts of rainbow-themed jerseys and fun things going on. But As, as the queers like to do. As we, the gays we love like to do. love the rainbows. But Jaylene Daniels refused to play because she did not want to wear the jersey. Well, yeah, sorry. That's a choice. Uh, anyway, NC Courage are at the bottom of the table, uh, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> and they ended the match in a three-three draw with Washington Spirit, who are the second worst team in the NWSL. So, so you know what? It's choices. just like, hey, fine, don't play then. But uh, you know, even closer to home, a couple months ago, we had our own ACFC Angel City. Uh, for those who are. Uh, Living Under a Rock, hosted there. Inaugural. There's those rocks again. There's those rocks again. See, Tuna, she has season tickets and hasn't been to a game. So <laughs> speaking of rocks. me, I'm so busy with my <laughs> job, I can't go. Wow. This is a call out on my boss. Sorry, honestly. I had to go there. <laughs> Say, Tuna's boss, if you're hearing this, you got to give her a day off so you can go to a game. <laughs> I got to go to at least one. Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have season tickets. It's not my fault. Well, there's... there's what two home games left now yeah they're both on saturdays no there's three there's there's one on uh um september 5th for it's like a showcase game i guess that's right yeah it's a monday and it's um a holiday so you could probably go i can go to that because i don't work mondays anyway we're getting way (laughs) off track guys when angel city hosted their inaugural pride night player katie cousins posted on instagram a story opposing pride night with words that included it's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe. The only thing I can say about that quote is, you know, as James Baldwin, who was an out and proud gay black man and writer, he said, we can agree to disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of humanity and right to exist. Yeah. Basically, talk S, get hit. You know, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, that's, you know, it's like you can have disagreements on like, do you, should you put ketchup on top of your French fries or dip the right. fries in ketchup, right. not on whether people have like the right to exist or not. So, um, if, if your belief leads to violence against me, that might be hard for me to just be like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah we disagree. Yeah. I think a lot of people <laughs> have a hard time understanding that. I think they have a hard time understanding it when they're not the ones at the, end of it where they're the oppressed that's what i mean i yeah. think that people are like well what i'm allowed to have my opinion kind of right. thing like that like i encounter this with my parents all the time and it's like i i just don't understand it's like so hard to get people to see things like from the other side well, there's, of that. there's a term for it. it's called the lack of empathy oh <laughs> if you're empathetic 
then you're you're able to what they say put yourself in someone else's shoes I right know. we got a doctor over here oh boy oh boy <laughs> well we're gonna move on to our next story on the day and gave so we've talked a couple times about the the supreme court dobbs case which overturned the precedent the 50-year precedent of roe v wade and just wanted to note a couple things that have happened since the last time we talked about it. We did mention that there was a bill that had come out of the House of Representatives, which would have allowed marriage equality to become the law of the land by federal legislation, which was then on to the Senate. And there were a number of Republican senators who said they would support it. And then uh, some folks, I mean, there's reason to be happy about what happened in the Senate in that there was a bill that came through that was called the Inflation Reduction Act with Joe Manchin saying he gave his support and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that passed. The, the president is signing it. It's a big deal. But the way that that shook down, there were Republicans who then said, oh, well, because we didn't know about this and the way the Democrats did this, we're not going to support the marriage equality bill now. So because we got a bill that said we're going to fight climate change, apparently we can't also have a bill that says marriage equality is A-OK. So it's a very weird set of circumstances, but it's a very disingenuous place to be to say, oh, yeah, I'm all for this, except I don't like this procedural thing you did, and therefore I'm not going to support the thing I said I support. It's yeah. pretty ridiculous, and unfortunately it's going to be potentially harmful for a lot of folks, depending on where the Supreme Court heads on this decision. In the yeah, years. it's also like... It's selfish, right? It's like um, we'll do our best to curb the effects of climate change and create an eco-friendly paradise, but gays aren't allowed. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it is a wild time that we are living through right now. Sometimes I just think I want a I want a different version of whatever this is right now, like whatever the multiverse is. Like let's go to Earth, whatever number other Earth, and and find what's going on over there. But in other in other fallout from the from the Dobbs decision, something that I just wanted to call it because I think it's so freaking cool. Uh, for it started out pretty pretty unfortunate. There's a congressman from Florida, a guy named Matt Matt Gates, who attacked a young woman on social media who was fighting for abortion rights for women, and he attacked her on her looks. And she's a 19 year old queer Latina woman living in Houston, Texas. 19-year-old, right? This is She's not even legal to drink yet, and she's getting attacked by one of the most well-known members of Congress in the country on social media. And what did she do with it? She said, cool, all right, I'm going to fundraise off of you. And she raised more than $2 million for abortion funds all across the country. So, so cool. Yeah, I love that. I saw her TikTok. It was actually pretty great. And she just dragged him on there. And it's, I mean, it sucks that we're going through this. And, you know, 2016, you thought it was going to be bad. And now I'm like, bro, take me back to 2016. Because <laughs> this is like <laughs> 10 times worse than but how it was. Here's the thing. In 2016, Olivia, who we're talking about, would have been 13 years old. So you know what? I'll take what she's bringing because I think that that's pretty awesome. And I just want to acknowledge Olivia for doing some incredible These work These millennials are not backing down and no, I love it. They're no. fighting to the cause. Yeah. They're, it's going to be like a Mad Max future where they have like a <laughs> necklace instead of like teeth. It's going to be like empty jewel pods and they're just going to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting on gamer chairs on a throne of like conservative skulls. I love it. And she's unapologetically queer, which is why I wanted to also highlight her because I just think that that is wonderful. I, when I was 19, I was like, okay, maybe I can kind of push the door open a little bit. But like to see this person on, uh, you know, national social media just being like, I'm just going to kick down that door. It didn't even exist. I don't care. Just awesome. Yeah. One more story. 
this time about the league that inspired the movie and now Amazon Prime series, A League of Their Own. Uh, it's going to be all about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. So Maybelle Blair got to play only one game in the league because she sustained an injury and then the league folded. But she has been a fierce advocate ever since for women in sports for years, a confirmed bachelorette. Uh, yes. When she was asked why, she would say, because, quote, no man would have her. Well, the truth is she feared coming out and because it meant losing her security clearance with her job at Northrop Gum- Grumman. Grumman. You- Northrop Grumman. I don't even know what that is. She, she, it's, a, it's a defense contractor. Oh, great. She recently came to the Angel City game uh, on this past Sunday night. She led the three-clap cheer at the ACFC game and at the young and tender age of 95 she just came out this past june that's so cool that so cute she we just came it. out at the age of 95 yeah congratulations so. to her congratulations baby the confirmed bachelor confirmed bachelorette thing you know it's that's always it's always the the red herring right there it's it's that's what it is it's like in my fair lady <laughs> you know um <laughs> What's his name? Rex Harrison. Uh huh. Yeah, he's 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 a confirmed bachelor. We all know Doctor. know he was gay. Yeah, he was gay. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Maybell. The new show, I believe, just premiered. It did. Um, a League of Her Own. A and they're not paying own. us a dime from this promotion. No, but I'm totally gonna watch it because I love Abby from Broad City and Nick Offerman. So, should be pretty cool. And I'm go. a baseball person. So. Well, really love seeing that for for Maybell, and I just think it's so cool to know that it doesn't matter what age. What's going on at any time? You can just yeah. tell the world, look, this is who I am. Throw down that gauntlet, even if you're down. 95. <laughs> so we'll be right back with our interview with Jim Enser from DC United. And then following that with Melissa Sanchez from LAFC. Welcome back. It is time for our first guest uh, Zaytuna, and that is none other than Jim Enser from DC United with Pride. Welcome. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We like to start the top of our interview by checking with our guests. How do you identify You know your pronouns, gender, expression, identity, and sexual orientation, if you are comfortable sharing that with us? My pronouns, he, him, his, identify as male been with my husband for nearly 20 years now. Four, live out in Arlington. Thank you very much. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. So would you say that you're a Kinsey 6 gay like Luke? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you a Kinsey 6? Uh, maybe, That's yeah. I don't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> off the, probably maybe off the charts, depending on what music is playing. Okay, I love that. Love and, that. And and how how are you involved with DC United as a as a supporter as part of the LGBT soccer supporter culture? Uh, so I have been involved with DC United since '96 from their inception. I've been a uh, um, season ticket holder from the beginning, but I also because I coached out in Severna Park out near Annapolis. Um, I coached through the Maryland State District Development Program, the ODP program. I um, I used to run DC United camps before they started their academy program. So I had Anne Arundel County for them. I was one of the licensed coaches in the area that they uh, recruited to to do some of their camps. And so I did that during the summer when I was doing other camps, trying to make ends meet as a coach. It doesn't pay very much at all. It's not a lucrative uh, but it's a career passion. being it's a soccer a, coach. It is definitely not a <laughs> lucrative career. 
<laughs> three jobs at the same time, just trying to make ends meet. But I loved it. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. So that was my connection. I've always been connected with DC United from a, from a grassroots level. And then uh, about 12 years ago, I came to them and said, you need to do a night out. I had been involved with the Federal Triangle Soccer Club since uh, around the same time. And now for our listeners, um, Federal Triangle Soccer Club is what exactly? Federal Triangle Soccer Club is a straight friendly club in Washington, D.C. We are an LGBTQ plus uh, soccer club. Um, <laughs> I like that. Play. I'm going to take that. Of, I'm going to take that straight friendly. There you go. We have uh, quite a few members in the area. We have been around since 1990. Uh, we've hosted the International Gay and Lesbian Football Championships three times. And then just this past summer, we did the 7v7 World Championships in D.C., the full 11 aside tournaments can be in Sydney during World Pride. So, our friends, the Sydney Rangers, will get to host the 11 aside tournament in February. Um, so, anyone in, in uh, the Sydney area in February, feel free to join. Go, go watch some, uh, some gay soccer out there. It should be a lot of fun and should be a, uh, quite a party. So, you approached DC United because you were involved with this yeah. Federal Triangle Soccer Club. And what, and what was the conversation like? Well, the club had always done volunteer appreciation because, you know, any any local community clubs rely on volunteers to wash uniforms and get the team out there and make sure they show up on time and schedule rosters and all that. Um, and so we did a volunteer appreciation sort of tailgate out in Lot 8. We missed Lot 8 over at RFK, our old stadium. But we would buy a block of tickets, take our volunteers as a thank you at the end of each season which usually came in around the same time. DC United was like mid-season, so it was good. We'd take them out, have a little tailgate, go watch a game. So we wanted to evolve that and, and partner with our friends at Team DC, which is a parent sort of uh, uh, umbrella organization for all the LGBTQ sports in DC. Everything from rowing and swimming to flag football and soccer and cornholing and badminton and darts, you name it. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I, I, Team DC tries to be a coordinator for all those various sports. And right. so we partner with them because they do the the night out, the pride night with the Nats. They also do it with the Mystics and, and others. So we wanted to make sure there was a soccer event in their uh, schedule. So I've been doing it for 12 years. This year was our 12th. So we were kind of excited about it. Wow. And so you just had your United with Pride event, right? For United with Pride we did. night out? Yeah, August right? 6th. Yeah, yeah, United Night Out. And again, the, the sort of you know, behind United Night Out was about Uno, right? Being one, one community, one game, united. So being able to come together for one night and be one, but also knowing, bringing all of the various elements of the community, whether it's straight or gay or uh, undecided, into, into the same realm to cheer on a team and find a common theme, find a common goal. So I, I wanted to kind of bring various elements of the community together, and I try to do that each year by getting different community partners. This year, again, the uh, D.C. Different Drummers came out. They brought 45 people in their group. They were a marching band. They played in the stadium pregame to entertain the crowd as they were coming in, Just fantastic. We had Jeremiah Lloyd Harmon, the, the American Idol. Oh, very um, cool. Uh, sing the national anthem. I did a phenomenal job. And uh, we recognize some of our volunteers at halftime and some of Team DC's volunteers at halftime because it takes volunteers to keep this stuff going. So, yes. Yeah. What, what I'd love to know is, because this is something I 
you know, we know and people who are here in Los Angeles might have a better idea of what it's like being an LGBTQ supporter of a soccer team at the Bank of California Stadium. What is it like for you? What is the perception and what are your experiences typically like by people outside of your group um by the by the by the straights by the yeah. uh, by the normies by the non LGBTQ yeah. identified folks. Yeah, like what's what what is it like being a queer supporter of DC United? My experience certainly isn't everybody else's experience, so I can only speak to my own. And having come at it from a more of a grassroots and been around these folks for many years, even before I came out to them or even started doing the Pride Night, I had a very gradual opening of the door <laughs> to my closet. And so most of the difficult situations or, or less tenable situations have been online, people anonymous mm-hmm. behind a keyboard saying vulgar, nasty things mm-hmm. when they start seeing anything other than the black and red in the stands. You know, they want our colors, they want the black and red, but they start seeing trans flags or non-binary or or the pride flags or progress flags. And they just, what is this all about? Why is it? Why can't we just, you know, support the club? And the point is, that is the club. We are part of the club. So I I think I've had a, a relatively easy time with other supporters because uh, I mean, I'm a member of the Federal Triangle Soccer Club. I'm part of the Screaming Eagles. They were one of the first to reach out and say, how can we support you for the Pride Night? Um, the for, our audience in Los Angeles, who are, for our audience in Los Angeles, who are Screaming Eagles? I just know of that as a Screaming line. Eagles, yeah. <laughs> no, Screaming Eagles are one of the uh, original supporters groups, along with Bar Brava, along with the Ultras. Actually predate the club. As soon as the club, MLS was announced and that it was going to be a team in D.C., the supporters group started forming. So they actually predate the club to 95. But more recently, there have been other segments of the supporters culture that feel like they are underrepresented and they didn't have a voice and they really need to establish themselves. So you've uh, I was one of the founding members of 202 Unique, which is the LGBTQ supporters club. We also have um, uh, our friends who started Rose Room Collective for the uh, supporters of color. And uh, Labandia, which was part of District Altars originally, you're going to see them on the drums every week um, with the awesome. flags waving and stuff in there with the others. So, so it's two uh, a mixture of multiple supporters groups that that cross over and intertwine and work together in, the, in what we now call the Chico stand after Chico who passed away many years ago. And is that in this because it's the the north stands in the stadium, right? Which are mm-hmm. the supporter section. So is everyone in the north section for that? Most everybody in the north section are part of one of those groups okay. or have been part okay. of one of those groups over the years. Okay. People can still buy tickets there. It's kind of hard for people to get tickets. It's also hard to control on the aftermarket sure. when people sell their tickets and move them to people. So we try not to have opposing fans there just because oh, you, you don't need to be in the middle of that. Fans there. No, shouldn't. No. Um, no. But every now and again, that happens. But for the most part, everybody in that section are either one of those groups or affiliated with some of those groups. Yeah. You occasionally get some of the college kids that uh, want to be there and be there with the beer showers and banging the drums and right. waving flags or whatever it is. They want the experience, and we try to be accommodating to a point. But there's a, uh, it's an intense atmosphere, and we want to make sure that it's not just intense, but it's intense in the right way. 
and that people don't feel uncomfortable or threatened in that environment because it can be intimidating. And so I make a point of bringing other people with me from time to time. I bounce around the stadium. I bring them into the North stands. I bring them over to the other side, sunny side, shady side to experience different elements to find kind of where they're comfortable. So 202 um, Unique, is that a, yeah. is that an official LGBT supporters group? Is It, is it, it a- actually is. Yeah. Okay. Recognized by DC United. All of those that I listed are actually recognized officially by DC United, and you should be able to find them all on the website under the supporters culture and links to their their information in case people want to discover it or find out more. And they have a an unpaid membership for people who want to be part of the group, uh, and then a paid membership for people who want to support the flags and you know the the things that need to happen in the stands and the setup. It takes time and money to kind of get that stuff out. So we have a, a paid and unpaid membership. We probably have about a hundred total in the group now. Jake is non-binary who runs the group. He's a president of Two O Two. Daniel and then Nicole, who works with a lot of the TIFO stuff, our TIFO queen, she's uh, she's fantastic. So they cross over into others, have been ultras or bar or other people in the past, and and they've wanted to start 202 because they were not represented where they f- they felt like everything was was there for them. So this is a uh, uh, kind of creating our own environment again within uh, awesome. within the supporters culture, which I think is important, not exclusive of it, but part of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of brings me to um, just what I was the kind of other question is, what would you want our listeners to know, like to most know about? You kind of like started hinting about wanting to bring change to the sport. So you could just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I'm on the, uh, the older side of the supporters culture, but not quite. I think what I probably most want to do is make changes within the supporters culture, make changes within the sport as a former player and as a coach, the beautiful game isn't always beautiful. And quite often it's not, it's Mm -hmm. rare that, you you know, you see the sportsmanship you want to see, you see, you know, in the midst of competition, ugly things can happen in the midst of, you know, fever, supportive, you know, my team beyond anybody else, you sometimes see people crossing lines they shouldn't cross. It, it has an ugly side to the beautiful game. And and I, more than anything, want to make sure that we maintain the beautiful game and that we, we maintain access or, or provide access to this. Uh, it, it, to me, it's a it's a uh, it's an addictive habit for me. I want to go to games. I, I enjoy seeing my friends there. I enjoy going to the game. The misery of it and the and the glory of a you know win the misery of a defeat you know those types of experience the highs and lows with all of it supporting a club and we're in a little bit of a low right now right I mean it's hard to say we're rebuilding we've been doing it since '96 how, how do you build and rebuild and, but you've won a few you've again. won a few cups if, yeah, if we've won a few cups there. yeah if, which we we love and we like hanging our hat on that and we love it and we'd like to see it again someday soon very soon. But that means that with that comes certain demands, right? You want to see the club do well. You're spending your money. You're spending your time. You're spending your effort supporting this club. You want to see them do well. And so I want other people to to feel that passion or to even experience it in, in a nice way and then take it to a different level, right? I mean, I'm not going to be the one to to change the game. An individual isn't going to do that. It's going to be the collective. It's going to be generations of people that follow us 
that will take it to new levels, right? That will do other interviews like this and bring other people from around the country into the conversation like you have. These are important things. This didn't exist before. It certainly didn't exist. At least I didn't, th- I didn't think it existed when I played. I didn't think it existed when I coached. I didn't come out as a player. I didn't come out as a coach. It came out later in life when I felt more comfortable in my own skin, when I felt more comfortable with my surroundings and felt like I wasn't going to be rejected either by my family or my friends or the the, the one thing I loved here and was to go to games. And I felt like, I think early on, I was intimidated and I thought, I'm here and I'm, I'm a supporter, but I think if maybe they knew, they wouldn't be as accepting. Now, in hindsight, just like my, my friends in high school said, well, why didn't you tell us before? And I thought, did you know yourself 25 years ago? I don't think if I came out to you 25 years ago, we would be having this conversation and be as, you know, you might have said, stay away, but maybe not. Maybe I didn't give them enough credit, right? And so I'm hoping that even just a bit of visibility and people seeing that DC United, even after the game or before the game, they were tweeting out and they said, thank you, everybody, for coming out. It was great support. I mean, publicly on Facebook and in, on Twitter, posting about the Pride Night, right? They they showed up at Pride and, and you know, Heinz, I, you know, did a little video ahead of time saying, you know, please come out. It'll be a great night. It's one of our best of the season for a club to take that public stance. Maybe somebody sees that and, and draws power from it, right? Yeah. And does something else right? To change somebody else's life, maybe not even their own, you know, they're, they, maybe they don't change their own circumstance, but maybe they, they have then the, the courage to, to change somebody else's circumstance. So I think that's what I want to do, you know, at the end of it all is, is impact in a positive way, change within the supporters culture, change within the game. We want to make sure that the ownership is, is listening to us, that they're thinking about it when they're making decisions. How does this impact that community? Yeah. What, yeah. what what can we do to better serve the community? Because they're part of it. And so that visibility from a from a corporate perspective and from a club perspective, but also hopefully then giving somebody even just a little bit of courage and a little bit of power to do what they want to do with it. Right? That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience and really right. appreciate Long-winded. you being here. No, it's it's great. I love it. it it's it's really important, I think, for I mean that's that's it's key that's to what we're trying we're to do, right? That's show, why we're doing yeah. this podcast is to is to tell yeah. these stories, is to make clear the importance of the inclusivity that has been lacking for so long for so many folks, yeah. and and the opportunities to really create a more accepting soccer supporter yeah. culture. Well, and if you even think about what you were saying and your your background about not feeling ready to come out while you were a player and, and a coach. It's like how, how much that applies today to all of the athletes, the you know, soccer players around the world who are yeah. closeted and won't come out because right. they were in the same position you are. And it really takes the courage to be able to speak about that. So I thank you a lot for sharing your perspective there. Yeah. We do have a two-part question for our final we question. Ask we ask this for everyone. Who is your favorite soccer player? And who is the, the sexiest soccer, soccer player? player? Ooh, and for the sexiest one, player. we do ask that you limit it to men because we okay. want to we want to objectify the boys a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, most of my preferences are men, so that would be an easy it easier. One. Uh, my favorite would have to be uh, Zinedine Zidane Zazu from just a vision standpoint, 
Um, oh yeah. Not just technique, but just an absolute vision of the field and knowing how to play the game from beginning to end. I mean, they're beautiful players, wonderful skilled players, but putting all of that together from a physical standpoint, from a technique standpoint, and from a game management standpoint and recognition of what's happening. And just, he's phenomenal. Thierry Henry would be very close on the heels for me. Takes a confidence, not so much arrogance, but a confidence that they both have that just, it bleeds in. I'm a gooner, so it's hard. And, and a Real Madrid uh, supporter, so they uh, those <laughs> those two from the, from that <laughs> from those realms. But I'd say uh, Zinedine Zidane would be my favorite. Those are good choices. Good choices. And yeah. then to the second sexy, part, the sexy one, sexiest. Ah, I have to say right now, Peter Vermes. As he's, not he a, he's not a current soccer player, <laughs> but okay, okay. I can I'm see sure that. he plays pickup somewhere. I'm hoping he does. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ah, current soccer player. He's got. He's got a. He's got a, he's got a little bit of an anger know. issue. Have you noticed that about him at all? <laughs> I, and and that is one of his sexiest qualities. Oh my! There you go. All right. Okay. That's fair. That's okay. Fair. So how? So so we're going to be <laughs> hosting this show hopefully sometime. Tuesday before the match, depending on how quickly I can edit this thing together. Yeah. How are you feeling about the match? How are you feeling about it? Coming against the, uh, we're we're the we're the bad guys now. We are. <laughs> You're the bad guys. We're the ones with the um, target on our. Optimistic. Everyone hates us now. <laughs> I know. Uh, optimistic that somebody is uh, going to pull up with a minor injury in training, so that they can know no they can't play in the game and they won't be out for the season. Are just you wishing for this an game. injury on you a just no 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 just, no. just a team, just a cautionary <laughs> a cautionary exclusion from the lineup. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, that's I mean, what, that's what we're left um, with. Huh? And, we and I'm really without... hoping that uh, just a, a few missed opportunities on your end and and one beautiful combination on ours. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of these weird we'll, uh, midweek we'll where heavy... steal a point or or all three and and then jump on the plane and run home. This is so. one of those weird games with heavy rotation midweek, right? Where you just it's, yep. it's hard to say who's going to be featured, let alone who's strong yeah. enough to put it put it all together. Yeah, we didn't have Chiellini or Bale in the game against Charlotte, correct? No. And we still beat them five nil. Yeah, well, we didn't have Chiellini uh, or Bale for Chiellini has been season, uh, been so. training for backup goalkeeper, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, yes, and a volleyball team, apparently. Yes, so, and a volleyball team. That was I beautiful. I love it. <laughs> well, Jim, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Where can our yeah. audience find you on social media? Well, on uh, Twitter, typically where I do any kind of sports advocacy, and my, uh, the majority of my activity would be there at, at United Night Out, and then also at DC United Night Out on Instagram. So United Night Out on Twitter and DC United Night Out on Instagram. Yes. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much, Jim. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And we're back with our special guest from Pride Republic and a fan of LAFC. And I believe Angel City FC as well. Yes. That is correct. Melissa Sanchez, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. How is everybody doing today? Oh, we're good. It's peachy. We're out here in famous Luke's Backyard Studios. We already asked you how you identify. I believe it was a she, her, queer woman, correct? Correct. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your involvement with supporters culture at LAFC and Angel City FC. 
So for LAFC, I became a season ticket holder after 2019. First year was kind of like my trial year, trying to see how the team was, the league. I grew up watching Liga MX, didn't watch any European Who's your soccer. Team? Uh, Chivas. Okay. And that's just by default what was my family's team, so that's what we watched. I didn't I don't think I had an option. <laughs> Probably um I mean, I would have followed any team, I think, at that point at the young age. It's just like watching it with my dad and my sisters. I think that's where the connection came. My family's not from Guadalajara. So usually people will follow like their hometown team. But for me, it was just what my dad liked and we just followed it. So 2019, I ended up meeting Paul right before we went to... It always Le- begins with Paul. Yes. It really does. <laughs> right before we went to uh, Leon. So we went for the CONCACAF, the first leg, which was, oops, sorry, which was in Guanajuato. And it was a great experience. We met up before with 3252. I don't know if you guys heard, but we drank all the beer from two different bars before going to the all stadium the beer. all the beer <laughs> they literally were bringing in beer as we were like leaving and it wasn't like it was still like room temperature because you know they were just bringing it but of course you know people were drunk so they're like let's just drink it <laughs> um and then we Ugh. walked what seemed like a mile the death march <sighs> from the parking lot of the of that little plaza to the stadium and it was awesome because i don't know if it was like set up prior to this probably is probably was i mean but there was like nobody in the street where we were walking and like you could just see like the neighborhood kids and the, the families uh-huh. peeking out their window like what the hell is going on because we were marching and singing the whole way there uh-huh. so people were coming now recording us like clapping like clapping for us like what like what the heck's going on like mls team like is this really an mls team kind of i like that was the expression i got from their faces like they're kind of like this is kind of weird and then we're kind of looking <laughs> up like this is kind of weird but it was great and then after that i became just a regular pride republic member and then the pandemic happened and then now here fast forward to 2022 i was almost gonna say 2021 2022 and i'm actually part of the um pride republic council so wow i know it's fancy that's so cool (laughs) yeah so i mean it yeah it's great i love it i'm glad that i'm part of it i haven't been as present as i want to because of school um i decided to go back to grad school so it's been um really interfering with my personal life but i've been trying my best to do it. What are you going to get your degree in? Um, I'm getting my degree at Cal State LA in um, Master's in Public Administration. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that I'll finish next spring. Hopefully, um, if everything goes well, I pass all my classes. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing holding me back. So yeah, that's my story with Pride Republic. And then Angel City, I'm not part of an official supporter group, but me and two of my high school friends started a social club called Las Amazonias. And our main goal is just to spread awareness for women's sports. We're not trying to do anything too crazy because they're also in grad school. So it's kind of hard to try to become a supporter group because it. I feel like it takes a lot of commitment. And now already being part of one with LAFC, I don't really think I could do both it's like really hard so i mean i love it i love lafc i love angel city i try to make it to as many home games as i can the only thing that stops me obviously is school unless i have some work 
arrangement, prior arrangement. But other than that, I'm, I'm usually there in so the from, North End. So from day one, have you been in the North End? Or? Uh, no. So 2019, my season tickets were in section 118. Okay. And then once I met Paul and I got more familiarized with Pride Republic and started joint, uh, started attending like TIFO nights, tailgates, stuff like that, I just found that it was more fitting for me to be in the North End with the Pride Republic members that are there. And I told Paul if there was some way that we could get my season tickets transferred and like they made it happen. So that's amazing. Both of my season tickets for L- LAFC and Angel City are in the North End. And I don't see myself sitting down. Like I actually have two seats for Angel City that are considered North End as well. I haven't sat on in those seats the whole season. I mean, given this past weekend, I'm actually really impressed that you still have a voice. Yeah. Well, I actually was not at the game on Saturday. Um, oh, you missed you missed a pretty amazing game. Yes, I know. I was, I'm so annoyed. I don't want to talk about <laughs> okay. why I didn't make it in. Okay. But it was my intention to be there. And yeah, I mean, I love it. I love the atmosphere. You know, the North End atmosphere is amazing. For any Pride Republic members listening that have not stood in the North End, Luke, I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. Hey. I have yet to see you stand in there with I me. Haven't, I haven't stood in the he North End. He just doesn't want to hold a flag. He that don't have to. That <laughs> well, is not true. That is not true. Everybody has a choice. I just want to encourage people. To I'm, <laughs> I'm getting very North End curious. <laughs> you, <I> want, <laughs> yes, that's the goal. Come out of the North End closet already. <laughs> <laughs> I want to encourage Pride Republic members to join us in the north end it's a great experience like even if you're only there for 20 minutes 15 minutes even myself sometimes i'll be like okay like i need to calm down like i'm tired i'm out of breath like my voice is like leaving my body and my fiance always says use your diaphragm not your Sir, your fiance has taken singing lessons, I take it. No, but I don't know where she learned this, but I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that is. I just let it come from it's, the heart. It's, it's it's like below your sternum, kind of. It's the muscle that contracts when you breathe out yeah. and relaxes when you breathe in. There you go. Yeah. That's that's something I didn't know. So just encouraging people to come to the North End. Yeah. So how did you how did you come to soccer? Like did you play as a youth? Yeah, I actually started playing since I was like five years old. I was in AYSO. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was an AYSO girl. And where were you growing up at the time? Um in Monte, California. Okay. So I was in the San Gabriel Valley AYSO. I played for a little bit when I was younger and then I stopped playing, I wanna say middle school with AYSO um, and I started playing in a Sunday league with my sister which she was already in college and all her friends so I feel like that really like transitioned my soccer experience because I was playing against like college girls and I was like 13 and I was getting bumped around and beat up but like I think that like made me tough because I remember when I got to high school I actually made varsity my freshman year and like some of my friends were like dude like how did you get so good? Like, they were like, you weren't bad, but like, you weren't this good. I'm like, I don't know, this freaking Sunday League señoras, like, they just pushed (laughs) me around and like, they toughened me up. And I also played in a boys team for like half a year. Oh, wow. So that was, I think, like a changing point in my life. And then all through high school was all about soccer. And then I actually had the opportunity to play in college, but I decided not to. I don't know. I think like, Something in me was kind of like, I, I think I'm done with like practice like two, three days uh-huh. 
a week. Were you um, now when you were still playing? Did you come out, or was that after? You no, that was playing? after. I okay. actually didn't come out until after college. Okay. That's when I. Well, it was like my senior year in college, so 2015, and that, and I came out because I met Joanna, which is my fiance. Um, oh, that's so sweet. And yeah, <laughs> it's so like cringe but it was like <laughs> love at, because it was like love at first sight but that's it was kind of like are you that's u-hauls the, the are you u-haul gays no 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 we actually dated for like a good while before we moved in but it was like it was almost like a movie you know like i saw her and i'm like what is going on inside my body oh. like why am i feeling this <laughs> you know kind of uh-huh. i mean i never liked the girl like that so i was kind of like mm, what's going on and then I found myself like trying to get her attention and that like what you would what I would essentially do with the boy. So then after that, we started dating. Obviously, the first couple of years were very difficult because none of my friends, none of my family members like knew me as being queer. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big transition and step for them. And, you know, the, everybody's been very supportive, my parents, my family, my friends. But maybe I thought it was going to be more of a negative experience because I heard, you know, people had negative experiences. But it wasn't for me. But I also don't talk about it, like, all the time. Mm. Like, most of my coworkers don't know, like, I'm queer. So you don't, like, walk into the office every day and be like, I'm queer. You have, like, rainbow braces. <laughs> I know, but, I mean, <laughs> we wear masks at work. Oh, Good point. Good point. I'm beyond the mask I mean, wearing I think stage. Now it's work. getting to the point where I was like, I don't care, but it's not going to be like the first. Like I usually refer to Joanna like as my partner. Uh huh. So I mean, I'm like, if you don't get it, and straights have been appropriating that for a while now. Yeah. It's been happening. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, seeing more of it. We should. They need to cut that out. Yeah. So, so it's like the same thing when straight women are like, oh, I was hanging out with my girlfriends the other day, and it's like. Do you mean girlfriends or do you mean girlfriends? Girlfriend. <laughs> you, you need to stop with that. So is Joanna as much into soccer as you? Uh, so she got into soccer because of me. Oh. So I like dragged her. Uh, you don't see her as often. I don't think, Saytuna, you've ever met her. I don't think so. Yeah, so there, I, I feel like Pride Republic, there's like half of the group has met her and the other half hasn't. And it's like she goes when she wants to. So I'll tell her about the games and she'll be like, nah. Or she'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but she's not like she she is a fan. She just like I, I feel like she's just like lazy to go to the games mm-hmm. because she's like, oh, we have to get there early. And then you have to stay to put the flag away and do this and do that. And I'm like, it's a whole process, babe. So like you're <laughs> with there, you're not like <laughs> so when she goes, she's like, I guess she would just want to show up. Game ends and yeah. go. Like like most normal people. Yeah, like yeah. like fans, not supporters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to ask is I'm curious, you, you grew up playing soccer and at thirteen were getting pushed around by the senoras. Yes. And then you you stopped <laughs> at some point and you're coming back to it now as someone who is in a queer relationship, who identifies now as queer. What's it like for you being in the LAFC or Angel City? I mean, you can talk about either or both, you know, environment more sort of, let's say, fully as your person com- compared to where you sort of were sort of coming into the sport when you weren't in this, you know, when you weren't identifying in this way. I love it. I mean, I don't think before I was like holding myself back from being who I am, but I think more so now I'm in it, but I'm also fighting for those that don't feel comfortable to be who they are 
I think that's like the main reason why I joined Pride Republic and why I'm so proud to be in it. It's funny because sometimes Paul will text me and ask me, hey, is anybody from your crew going to come to the game? And he refers to the crew as like people I bring to the game as to like try to show them what LAFC is about, but not also what LAFC is about, but also what Pride Republic is about. And then like one of our newest members, Elia Morales, which I'm so proud that I could be like, I was her Paul. So like I invited her to a game. I invited her to tailgates. Like, I've been inviting her to, like, TIFO nights and stuff like that. She got to carry out the pride flag at one of the games. So, like, her experience is molding the same as my experience was. That's so, so special. We get, we're giving a lot, of, a lot of opportunities from the front of the house, like, to attend events, to do this, to do that. And I feel like I'm, like, now passing the torch where it's, like, I want you to experience the stuff that I experienced that made me fall in love with Pride Republic. So... You know, I encourage my friends to come, even if they're not queer, they're allies. You know, I tell them, like, just come. It's a good time. Like, one of my cousins, like, he's, like, the straightest man I know. And he's been in the North End waving that pride flag. I got him the pride uh, jersey, the one, the tie-dye one. Uh And he'll, like, still to this day be like, this is my favorite pride jersey. And it's, like, never in a million years would I have, like, imagined, like, my cousin be like, hey, like, when are we going to go to a pride like uh tailgate or da 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 and he was actually the first person to text me when the Dodgers got their um all inclusive LA cuz you know pri- prior to that it was just the six colors now it's the the whole eight which right. is great right. and then he was like dude I'd like totally get that hat and I was like what like you would like rock this like mean like trucker guy like with the <laughs> pride hat like I mean it's just great like the connections I've made with private public the connections that, like, you know, I've been bringing my nephews to games and, like, they might not understand what gay means at the time, you know, now because they're six, seven, but they're being exposed to it by me and they can make the decision whether they want to support or not. Building on that a little bit, is there anything else that you'd like our supporters to just know about? Like, anything they should take to heart? Anything you're trying to accomplish with yeah, your or even, support or even something you'd like to see happen in the in the so- soccer supporter culture or in the game to be more inclusive there's so many things that i would obviously want to change with our supporters one of the biggest things obviously you know we've been trying to be part of the 3252 officially unofficially you know they recognize us they're kind to us there's a lot of members from other supporter groups that you know, come out to our events and, you know, do this, do that. But there's just like little things that we're still missing since the 3252 doesn't officially recognize like, us. What would you say is something we're still missing, not being an officially um, recognized group within the 30? You know, just like the, like the, I would, you know, like for example, we just had LAFC night at Dodger Stadium. The 3252 got invited to be on the field. Mm. All the, um, I, I don't know if it was one or two members from each of the supporter groups got to represent their supporter group down there, but Pride Republic was not invited mm-hmm. because we're not an official supporter group. When Killini got announced, you know, they there was some uh, 3252 members that got invited and Pride Republic was not invited, which is like, why aren't we invited when we're there day in, day out? Like we're also supporting, we're all supporting the same team. We're in the stands, waving our flag, chanting for 90 minutes, doing our tailgate. 
we're out here trying to get more supporters. I'm over here trying to convert supporters, right, like right, right. convert supporters. Like we're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. So I, the only difference between you and us is that we're queer and you're not, or you might be, right. but majority of your members aren't. So like, I, I don't know if there's a fear or I don't know. I, I just don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you want us to be part of it? Like the more, the merrier for me. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I I know that there's all kinds of specific bylaws, rules, and things that are you know sort of requirements of how to become official members, and you know maybe that's an episode for another time. But I I, I think your your general sentiment though about the need to have LGBT representation at the table yeah. and find a path to make that possible is absolutely spot on. I mean, that yeah. is you know for me a very visible thing about as much as the 32 have been allies it's been allies, right? There aren't actually folks, at least that I can see, who are who are out LGBTQ folks in the leadership of yeah. our of our umbrella thirty two fifty two supporters group. And that would be really pretty special to be able to change that. Yeah. yeah. And they they we've talked about this before about how they've made the the sort of uh, the the benchmark to get in being having more season ticket holders at the stands and there's just so many reasons why that's kind of an unfair metric to use for a minority supporter group it's difficult it's difficult right but so i really appreciate you you sharing that we want to ask you our two questions that we ask our final questions yeah go ahead who's your favorite soccer player and who's the sexiest sexiest soccer soccer player? player and you know, well, we, you know, well, we know you identify as show. well. We know you identify as queer. You listen to the show, obviously. We you know we we want that to be a man because we're be very intentionally picking on the men. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so but your my favorite player. favorite soccer player has to be Mia Hamm. She is my all time favorite soccer player. She's the reason why I kept up with soccer. She's you know a LAFC owner. She's a ACFC owner. Like. She is just putting it down like she did not just like hang up her cleats and like go enjoy retirement. Like she is doing the work as an individual, but as a player, my God, like she's she's just the best. I feel like she's the The goat for sure. She's the goat. Correct. She was one of those senoras that knocked you down. Yeah. She was like (laughs) one of those senoras that were like punking me on Sunday at (laughs) 9 (laughs) a.m. I wish there was like a social media back then because like I'm pretty sure I had some sick highlights of like getting kicked around or like, you know, possibly making somebody and then getting hit because my body was like 110 and like everybody else was probably like 150. I was probably like 90 pounds, I mean, and everybody else was probably like 120. I was like getting dragged out there. But so Mia Ham, Mia Ham, sexiest. Yeah, this is going <laughs> to you guys are gonna get upset at this, but oh, this, no. th- but this man, he could be a model. I swear, it has to be Sebastian Leget. Well, why would we get mad because he doesn't? Oh, he's, he's not Carson he plays anymore. For Dallas yeah. now. He moved to Dallas, wasn't he? At DC United. He was at New England. Oh, New England. And he just got traded to Dallas. Oh, okay. And I, you're not wrong. You're that not wrong. Man. Way back when, <laughs> before we had LAFC, I went to a Carson match, and I saw him warming up, and was like. Who, Who is that? Is that? <laughs> and his, I think his Instagram is something like all about the boy or something. It's yeah, something some, about the boy. Yeah, it's so, some horrible. It's so cheesy, and I guess there's a whole joke behind how that came about. But mm-hmm. he's a very handsome. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's a very handsome man. I'm like, 
I've been following him for a while and I was just like, wow, like that is a fine, like fine specimen. Like yes. you could give up soccer and just go model my dude. Because <laughs> there's so much more money in male modeling than in U.S. men's soccer. <laughs> Maybe. It, did he make the um, national team or is he... Oh, he'll be playing for the national yeah. team probably. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's he's he's it's been he's tough. one of those. He's yeah. one of those. On he's the like cusp. on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm yeah. like, uh, if it doesn't work out, you know. Speaking of the U.S. men's national team, have you guys seen the kits that leaked? Yes, <laughs> they're they're not oh, great. They're not great. God, that is bring back the Waldos. There will be plenty of other podcasts that will discuss <laughs> that will discuss those kits. So, where can our listeners find you on our on social media we know you're at lgbt underscore fc pod but where else so for instagram it will be acfc underscore sanchez underscore lafc and i just wanted to show love to both of my teams yeah and on twitter it'll be my last name sanchez underscore 23 underscore lafc and i also want to mention what's the 23 what's the meaning of the 23, 23 is uh my birthday Oh. April 23rd. Oh. But I have to be very um, creative with my handles because my last name is very common. There's a few other Sanchez's. Yeah, it's very common. <laughs> so I don't have the luxury of just being like, M. Sanchez. No. It's like, nope. Not exist. a problem I've ever had, Melissa. <laughs> There's not another loop clip on the planet. Yeah, it I have a pretty out. unique name, too. You do. Yeah. You do. And you were going to say, problem. I didn't mean to cut you off. You had something else you wanted to share as well with our audience. Oh, that my friends do give me a little bit of a hard time because uh, my handles are kind of long. And, you know, when you're trying to tag someone, I guess you oh. have to, like, write it out. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I have a very common last name. And I just want to show love for both of my teams, like I was saying. But, yeah. Story of my life. Well, my we support name. you. Yes. Thank I you. will never you. complain about having to at you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's been a delight having you on the show, Melissa. Thank you so much. Yeah, you you're going to have to come us. back. Yes. Hopefully, maybe um, when I do come back, I'll have my master's by then. Uh-huh. Oh, that'll be too long. No, no you can come no, back whenever. <laughs> it's an open invitation. <laughs> yeah, Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. And that's our show. I have one brief shout out I wanted to give my partner, Charlie, who has never been to a game and does not like sports, has finally agreed to come to a game. So I want to give a little cheer for Charlie because I'm going to make them actually listen to this episode. And uh, they're going to go on the game September 4th in which I will be carrying out the pride flag. That is really awesome. September 4th versus Real Salt Lake. Follow us on social media, please. Twitter and Instagram at LGBT underscore FC pod. And this is the really important part. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, post on social media, get out there, get in the streets and spread the good word of LGBT FC podcast. Special thank you to our guests, Jim Enser from DC United with Pride and Melissa Sanchez from the LAFC Pride Republic. Thank you to Brittany Dunton for our music, who's at www.brittanydunton.com. To Ray Dang for our artwork, Cheer LA for their cheers on our music, and Pride Republic for their financial support. Have Have a gay gay day! day. L-E-B-E-F-C-R!